Hello and welcome back to another episode of You Want to Do What with Dan and Julie. Today we've got Louise on, who is a model. Hi, Louise. Hi, yeah. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. So do you want to tell everyone a little bit about what you do? Sure. Um, well, I am a model. Um, and I guess now as well, that kind of coincides with being an influencer, which is obviously quite new. Um, and I've been modelling for the last God, 25 years. Um, I've seen the industry change a lot, you know, for the better. Um, I'm also a mum of three and moved house literally two days ago. So I'm living out of boxes right now. <laughs> oh, blimey. <laughs> um, so how did you sort of get into the industry? Um, so my mum's friend was a model in the 60s and she said to me when I was about 14, she realized that I was quite tall and slim and um, had high cheekbones. And she just said, you know, you should go and uh, see if you'll get taken on by a modeling agency. Um, And so one day I went into an agency and they turned me down, which as a 14 year old, I was absolutely devastated. Mm. Um, But whilst I was drowning my sorrows, um, in a coffee shop, somebody from another modelling agency spotted me and, and took me on there and then. So it's kind of weird how it all um, happened. And then from that, I was entered into a competition. It was called the European New Face Model of the Year in 1995. Um, and from that came first in England and then runner-up for the UK and wow. because of that uh, I know it's crazy and then because of that um, got a contract with the modeling agency um, and the rest is history I guess <laughs> I mean so you know lots of you know it's been a roller coaster ride that's for sure <laughs> yeah so you you mentioned you've seen a lot of change in the industry what are some of the things that have, have changed for you um well first of all you don't have to be the standard model size like when I first started in the 90s you had to be a certain height you had to be a certain size and if you were a centimeter or half a centimeter off you were sent home and you had to work out or or go on a diet to get back to that perfect size which was really tricky um as I was started when I was 14 I hadn't you know gone through all of my puberty yet so I was still growing myself um so that was tri- That was quite tough. Um, and from the back of that, I got an eating disorder, which so many girls did. But now, you know, modelling agencies are so much more open to taking, you know, men, women of all sizes, all ages, um, heights, colour, like any, you know, ability to anything. It's um, which is fantastic. You know, there's, it's much is so much more open to everybody now whereas before it was a very very strict and tight um regimented structure um which did did affect a lot of people um and and still does in some in some respects um but it has definitely the rules have relaxed a lot more and i think that goes that does go hand in hand with social media as well which is which i think is fantastic it's about time really so it is, it's definitely a lot more open. And when you think of models now, you don't necessarily think of the, you know, the stereotype of a model. Um, but how has that social media world sort of impacted what you do? Is that, is it a massive difference? Well, yeah. I mean, for me personally, 
I was always told um, that from a very young age, your modeling career basically stops at around age 28. Um, and you can't work if you are over a size 10. So I was convinced that that was going to be my path. If someone had said to me back then, you'll still be working as a 40-year-old, a mother of three, a size 14, I would not ever believe them. But with, with the power of social media, it's given me a chance, or not just me, you know, thousands of other models, a chance to kind of still work in an industry that they love, represent a demographic that is huge, um, you know, the, the older women, a more mature woman want to see women they can relate to rather than an 18 year old that's a size 10. You know, we don't all relate to that. And because of social media, it's given everybody a voice mm-hmm. um, and people are speaking up and saying, I don't want to just see um, your traditional model. We want to see, uh, you know, somebody with wrinkles or somebody with cellulite or somebody with, um, you know, a disability like there is so much more now to modeling than just looking like you know your average Kate Moss it's completely and utterly changed and for me I'm so grateful for that because it is it is my income it is my job mm. um and I'm getting booked now on jobs that are for you know like the whole pro age and fashion that are you know for women that want to still look good and feel good in their 40s 50s 60s you know just because we are over a certain age doesn't mean that we want to be forgotten about you know we're, we're the demographic that actually has the money to spend on these things now so it's nice to go to that I guess to uh, to the consumers yeah that's a massive market that for years they kind of just left alone didn't they oh my god it's, I mean it's ridiculous and it's you know things are still evolving in that um, part of that kind of beauty sector now, which again, I'm really grateful for, but you know, how many times have we seen a, a 25 year old advertise anti-wrinkle cream or, yeah. uh, or an 18 year old advertising anti-cellulite cream? Like it, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. And, mm. and the thing is that the consumer, you know, are extremely intelligent and they're not, they're not, they're not buying it. You know, they would rather buy, um, a beauty product for uh, anti-aging or pro-age, as I like to call it, on a model that is their age. So they can go, oh, okay, well, if, you know, it's actually targeted for women that look like their own age. It's a no-brainer, really. You spoke earlier about um, your first, uh, like, get getting into the industry, going to an agent, and then being found in another coffee shop. How much of, for new models is it a grind at the beginning, just sort of going to agent after agent and rejection? What's all that experience like? It's really tough. Um, When I first started in the 90s, um, it was very, very different. Obviously, for a start, it was before mobile phones. Um, It was before Google Maps. It was before Zoom, everything. So not only did you have to be a certain size, um, but you had to go on castings, which as a new face, your agency would just put, send you to so many castings. I was going to about 15 to 20 castings a day, walking around London with my A to Z, trying to find out where I'm going. Um, sometimes the client wouldn't even be there. I would come home absolutely exhausted, 
um, you know, feet bleeding, absolutely starving because at the same time you're trying to not gain any weight. Um, and then the rejection that comes with it, it basically goes hand in hand with the job and you have to, it takes a while, but it's taken a long time for me to get quite thick skinned with rejection and understanding that it's not personal. I'm just not the right fit for their brand. Um, but when you're, you know, 15, 16 and you're exhausted walking around London and going to casting to casting and, you know, a lot of these clients weren't particularly friendly. Mm. People got away with a lot more back then because there was no social media and there was no kind of outing people. Um, so there was a, probably a, a little bit more bitchiness. Um, I've had a few instances where I've been spoken to like absolute crap, which now people wouldn't, they wouldn't accept it. So, so the industry has uh, not just for the models, sort of like looks wise, but also just mentally has grown a lot healthier for them. Absolutely. Like I did a, a shoot um, last week. I did a TV commercial last week, and there was an actual person on set, and I've never had this before. And it was a diversity and inclusion um, representative who said to me at the beginning of the shoot, "I'm here." to make sure that you feel comfortable in every, you know, all day. And not just me, everybody that was on the shoot, like if anyone felt um, uncomfortable or didn't feel included or any bullying, then there's a person on set who would literally look, it's like having HR on set, which is (laughs) fantastic. This has never happened before. And there's been, you know, so many instances that, um, I've been on when I have felt uncomfortable. There has been some kind of um, derogatory comments that in an office you would flag it, but one, when you're on set, it you know it's not because it's not you know it's not something that people think about until now. And for that, I'm really really grateful because there are so many young girls out there that are coming into this industry and not knowing what it's all about. And it is much better now than it ever has been before. And it does sound awful, I'm saying it's a great industry. I'm so grateful for it. Um, but, you know, there have been instances and cases where, you know, photographers have become quite sleazy or um, a client, you know, kind of bullying you in front of everybody because, you know, they say that you're, you're literally too fat when you're a size 10, um, which has happened to me. And now that wouldn't happen. And that is fantastic. Um, obviously, they're starting to become more and more but if anyone was in that situation is there any sort of websites or agencies that they can go to to talk about that um well i think agencies now act a lot more like parents um you know agents are like parents they give life to models without the agent you're not really a model um and they always say to the models that they take on you know please tell us anything that happens um but also i think again because of social media someone could just write something and, and out someone quite quickly and I think everyone's quite afraid of um you know being tagged in a in a post on Instagram that basically makes them sound bad um there I'm not I don't know if there's a website in particular that just focuses on that type of thing that's a good question um if there is I'd like to know about it um I wish we'll, we'll try and find one <laughs> um <laughs> So how does the agency model relationship work? What's that like and how do you go about building one? Um, First of all, I think it's really important to have trust with your agency. I mean, there are agencies that you you could be signed with, but not necessarily trust your booker. 
um, or not get on with your booker. And I think it's really important to have a good relationship with them. Um, so they understand what kind of modeling you want to do and where you want to go. Um, I've had fantastic relationships with all of my bookers and the ones that maybe I felt like, oh, I, I don't know where this is going. You know, it's very important to say, like, can we have a chat? And agents do that as well. If they feel like a girl is um, maybe going off the, you know, kind of partying too much, you know, before COVID, obviously, um, you know, the, the agent would, would call in the model and say, let's have a chat. And they are very caring and they want to nurture the girls and make sure that they are at their absolute best. Because obviously when you go to castings and a job, you're, you're booked on, on, on how you look. So you, you have to, you can't turn up looking a wreck basically, or, you know, having no sleep or something, which, you know, back in the day when you were younger, you could probably get away with it, but there's no way <laughs> I could get away with it now. <laughs> um, so there is a really good, in, in my experience, and generally other models that I speak to, the relationships between models and agents is, is quite special. Um, it, it should be special. You, there's a lot of trust there, which is lovely. You spoke earlier about um, usually, it's not the case for yourself, but uh, the life of a model sort of expires at 28. They don't really go on to do much after that. But what, and I assume a lot of people throw everything they have into modeling career. So what sort of happens or what, do they do once they um stop modeling do girls generally go into work for agencies or do they just find jobs elsewhere in the uh, in the industry or just elsewhere um, in general yeah i mean i i did i did do that route for a while so when i um became pregnant with my eldest son so at the time i was 30 and my agency at the time um said oh well you're pregnant now so that's it you're you know you're, you're done um and this was before I had any social media presence. So I was like, oh my God, okay, what the hell do I do now? So because I love the industry, I actually got into photography and I uh, worked as a photographer for a while, which was great. Um, but then, and then there are, are lots of other models that I know that have gone into um, styling or makeup or worked for an agency um, or started up their own um, beauty line. Um, I feel like most people I know have stayed in the creative field. Um, but again, because of social media, a lot of the girls that thought their career was over are now coming back, which is fantastic. There are so many more magazines and publications and um, beauty brands that want to see more mature models. And so... I know, I know one lady at my agency, she's called um, Nikki Griffin. She started her modeling career at 54 and she's absolutely nailed it. Like she's done incredible, incredible campaigns. Um, and she started at 54, which, you know, it's, it's, it's incredible. That would, you know, I don't think that would happen, you know, a decade ago. Mm. Speaking of the, the, the good social media has done for you know the modeling industry there are now a lot of people that now want to go into the or more than ever want to go into the modeling industry what's it like um competition wise because loads of fa especially in fashion modeling loads and loads of companies now use the influencers to to model their clothes for them is yeah. it becoming harder to then get from that level into agency level um yeah th this is this is a bit of a conundrum really because when you like when I, I 
when the whole social media thing exploded, I saw that my bookings were going down because I didn't have a social media presence. And I, at first I was like, I'm, I'm not doing social media because this is my job and people know who I am. And um, if they want to book me, they can. Um, but then because I was literally losing work to um, people that weren't necessarily signed by a modeling agency, but they had a really, really big social media following and they were getting booked. Um, and that's when agencies realized, okay, we need to have a influencer division um, because if this seems to be taking over and obviously it worked for the brands because they were getting these huge shout outs, but you know, with thousands and thousands of followers mm. um, and it worked for them. So it did annoy a lot of models and they were like, okay, well then we need to which is exactly what I had to do um, and kind of almost like rebrand myself. Um, and there are other girls that I know that have done that and it has worked. Um, and so it depends on the brand if they want to use a model that's, you know, a professional and knows how to move in front of a camera, which does make a difference, or if they want to use um an influencer that doesn't have much modeling experience because what people don't realize is that there is, there is an art behind being on set and being able to move in front of a camera. Um, it's very different to kind of like pose in front of your bathroom mirror to being on set in front of, you know, 10, 20, 30 people. Um, it can be uh, nerve wracking and, and terrifying at first if you're not used to it. And, and I have been on photo shoots with, um, with influencers and models and the photographer is uh, a bit like, Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh God, like, can, like I'm trying to explain to the influencer how to move. And I think, in, you know, a lot of influencers have their one signature look that mm. they're used to doing selfies with. But when you're on set and you're trying to create, you know, incredible pictures and different movements and it's, it's very, very different. Um, and um so if anything, that kind of does work in the model's favour. Yeah. Is, you know, <laughs> those, those sort of skills of, of being on set, did you, uh, when you were younger, have anyone to sort of teach you or did you just have to more or less just grind at it day in, day out until you felt more comfortable doing what you were doing? I had literally no idea what I was doing, what to do. I didn't, I actually thought that the photographer would tell me exactly what to do with every single move. Um, but that's not the case. A model needs to get on set, familiarize herself with the product she's wearing, make shapes with her body to show the garments, show like making shapes is so important, um, more, th more than you think actually. And it's something that I learned over time but I remember very very vividly I did a photo shoot it was one of my first photo shoots in um Parma in Mallorca which used to be a hot spot for um shooting catalogue and there were loads of other teams there shooting and I it was my first job on location and um I saw another girl on set and she was just moving in a really elegant brilliant almost like dance away she was just every shot she would just change 
the way that she moved and she would work the clothes in a way that it was magical. And I was like, oh, I need to do it. It's not <laughs> up to the photographer. I need to do it. And luckily I do have a bit of a dancing background so I could move as in I, I wasn't really stiff and I could do positions that um, looked quite graceful and natural. Um, so then I just practiced. I just practiced um, in front of the mirror and every shoot that I had, I would just try out new moves. And then over the years and over the amount of you know shoots that I've had, it just becomes like second nature. And like now I just don't even think about it. And obviously I've got certain moves that I always go back to. And, um, and I didn't realize how much I had evolved in that until I was on set with influencers who haven't had that experience. And it wasn't until then I was like, I'm actually quite good at this actually. Like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Always <laughs> reassuring. Yeah, it's quite nice actually. <laughs> but it does take a while. And there wasn't anyone that there wasn't anyone that briefed me on what to do at all. Um I remember one time a photographer getting really annoyed and I remember him kind of going, are you going to do anything else? I was like, oh, God, <laughs> right, sorry. Um, okay, well, I'll try something else. And, you know, it's trial and error with any job, I guess. But um, yeah, there is, there, well, maybe there is more training now, but when I did it, there was no training. Have you got any sort of, sort of tips for, you know, loosening up, being a bit more relaxed when you first get on set? Anything that you do? Um... I think it's really important to get a full length mirror and practice moves, just practice moving. Even if it's just switching your weight from one leg to another, you know, seeing hands on hips, seeing what angles work for you. It's, it's just seeing what works and it does take time. Um, and obviously before, again, when I started, it was film. My God, I, I mean, I sound so old, but we used film. It wasn't, it wasn't digital. So you couldn't even see what you were shooting. Whereas now you do a shot, you see it on a screen and you just think, oh, actually that, that doesn't work well. I'm going to change, change my leg there. So you can see what you're doing. Mm. Whereas with the film, you couldn't see anything. And then the, you know, the, the, the shoot will come out in the magazine. You're like, oh my God, what is that? <laughs> um, whereas now I think that does work in our favor. We can see things or the photographer can show us the screen and say, you see this image, you see this, this um, shape. Can you, can you do this again, but can you, you know, switch your hand there and look over there? And um, so that really does help. Um, I've forgotten what's your question now. Sorry, I feel like I've gone off on a tangent. <laughs> no, it's okay. Just any tips for, you know, loosening up. And, oh, right, and... yeah. Um, confidence is key. Um, you answer up. it with the full-length mirror, to be honest. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And it does have, And also, um, most um, photography studios will have music playing, um, so if you want to feel a little bit more comfortable on set, ask them to play um, music that you that makes you feel good. Like usually, people say to me, "What do you want to listen to?" If I if I need something that's really, if I need like really really high energy, mm. and perhaps I haven't had much sleep because my kids have been keeping me up the night before, <laughs> I always go for something like Beyonce because I'm just like, right, I'm just going to channel her, <laughs> and, and that does that does help with the confidence and um, just just you know going for it really so what's an average day for you like as a model every day is different like every shoot can be different um you can do for example an e-commerce shoot which is quite 
quite boring to be honest but it's obviously it's work but it's you know in front of a of a white canvas a white you know a white colorama and you're shooting 40 to 50 shots a day um and it's all you know it's a bit monotonous but you know it's work and there is a lot of e-commerce around there and you could do that and then go i mean obviously before covid um i've had shoots where i'm you know shooting on a remote island in thailand on a boat with with dolphins you know and and it's been you just think wow well how am i here and then you can have other jobs where it's runway or catalog and you know i was lucky to be in the industry where there were lots of um trips so i would be away a lot this is obviously before i had children but you would go to Cape Town and then you go on to South Africa and then Miami and then Morocco and Thailand and and it just became the norm and you would bump into people that you knew because everyone was going to the same places to shoot <laughs> um, and that was that was like we call it the good old days um, I really hope those days come back um, whereas now a lot of it can be um, in a studio which for me works because it's great for the kids mm. you know I can't suddenly be away for a week here and a week there I, I wouldn't want to do that so I feel like the industry has evolved with me which is nice <laughs> that worked um, out <laughs> it has worked out really well um, and then there's you know you can do an editorial story for a magazine which is always really fun because the styling is always really good um, and the photography is fantastic and that's when I feel like like real like creative vibes are alive there in the studio and I, mm. I love I love those shoots. So how important is it to build a brand within a certain sort of industry within modeling? As, what you mean like personally? Yeah so you, uh, do you specialize in certain things so you might specialize in a certain type of fashion maybe? Well I know that I'm not um, I'm, I'm a commercial girl so um, I'm not very editorial which used to really annoy me but now I'm <laughs> I've made my peace with it um so I guess do you know, it all depends it all depends on the client like sometimes I get booked for jobs and I think really really they think I'm good for them that's crazy okay mm-hmm. well, fine let's go with that and um, so it it really it really does it really does vary but I guess for me I think I think because of having you know, not that my social media following is massive, you know, but it's growing and there's good engagement. And I think when clients see that and they know that models are going to do behind the scenes stories and tag and, you know, that, mm-hmm. I think that's quite exciting for, for a brand and a client to kind of have that. Um, I don't know if, I, if I've answered your question. Probably. No, you, yeah, you have, you have. Um, what would be some of the personality traits that you see in yourself and other models that really help you thrive in this industry? Um, confidence. And there's no time to be shy in this industry. Um, I've learned that from a very young age. I mean, I was, as I said, I was 14 when I started. I was still a child. Um, and I was going on to going into studios with, you know, people that were, 10 years, 20 years older than me. And um, I was very, I was a very, very shy child indeed. Like, I don't think I actually spoke till I was 12. 
Um, and I think having being that shy and I guess because I was told to lose weight, um, being a 14 year old, that kind of really, res- you know, it kind of stays with you. And so I was going into these photographic studios already feeling self-conscious and shy and that would, that would shine, well, not even shine through, that would come through in, in the photographs and, and my energy on set. Whereas obviously over the years and over the experience I've had and, and obviously getting comfortable in my own, like having that confidence and energy on set is key. Like it's needed. Um, and it just makes that the whole shoot go smoothly and it makes you get rebooked. Um, you know, it's like with any job, you, you want to work with somebody that gives something back and gives you some kind of, uh, e- you know, energy and, yeah. and, and just pizzazz, um, you know. Would you, say it was, would you say it was the modelling that really helped develop your confidence? Um, I think, yes, but I also think, um, that my own, my own person, the things that happen in my own personal life have helped my confidence. I think my, I think my husband's a key part of my confidence. Like he's, he's really behind me in whatever I do, wherever I'm having like a, a wobbly moment. You know, I'm human. I, of course, I go through days. I'm like, oh, I'm so disgusting. <laughs> and uh, you know, he is always extremely. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? What's the word? Oh my God, it's into my tongue. He's very, um, oh my God, what's that word when you're just really <laughs> kind and encouraging? There we go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I am blonde. <laughs> He's really <laughs> encouraging. And, um, and I think, and I also think becoming a mother has given me more confidence because you just realise that, you know, you're just not going to take any shit in age as mm. well. Like, you, sorry, can I swear on this podcast? Of course you can. Ah. Wicked. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think a lot of things. I think age, experience, becoming a mother, having a great husband, and yeah, I guess you know, getting rebooked on jobs, you realise mm. that you're doing quite a good job. And then also, I before social media, like I literally joined Instagram um, four years ago, and for twenty years. I've been modeling for 25 years, but say for 21 years, I never told anybody what I did for a living um, because I was worried about getting judged because people do judge you when you say that you're a model. It's very mm. bizarre to do, um, especially when you're dating. You know, everyone loves it. Oh, I've got a date with a model and it's pathetic. Um, and so I never told anybody what I did and nobody ever saw my portfolio. It was all very hidden until social media because I had to, to basically mm. literally put food on the table. I had to up my game. I had to keep up with everybody else. And because of that, seeing lovely comments on some of my pictures um, has given me confidence as well. And that I never thought would happen. I actually thought people would maybe do the opposite and be like, oh, you know, she's full of herself. But um that has also given me a bit of confidence because I've never, I've never experienced that before. The only people that saw my pictures were people in my industry that, you know, are used to seeing lovely pictures or have seen better on other girls. Um, but yeah, I was, I was very, very private about it because I didn't want, you know, the, 
the stigma that goes with being a model. But I must admit that has boosted my confidence as well. That's a massive change then to go from, you know, not telling anyone to being very out there on, on Instagram and your reels absolutely crack me up when, when they pop <laughs> up. <laughs> uh, is, yeah, do you know what? I was, I, was te- I was terrified. I actually text um, my closest family and mates and I said, look, you're going to be seeing a lot more self Instagram. I said, I'm not self-obsessed. I just need to do it for my work. And they were all like, Louise, you're just marketing your business. It's fine. Yeah. Like if you sold cars, you'd put cars on your Instagram, but you mm. sell yourself. So of course you're going to do that. But I was, te- I was terrified. And there are still some times where I post a selfie on my Instagram. And I literally cringe at pressing, you know, share. And I'm like, oh God. Um, mm. But then I get pleasantly surprised at, you know, the people that are like, oh, you know, lovely. That's great. Where's that top from? Where's, you know, where's that from? I love your makeup. And it's really nice. Um, and even like I did a makeup tutorial um, recently and I, I was really surprised the amount of women that thanked me or said I bought the whole thing because we've never been taught how to do our makeup. I guess because I've, I've been in the industry for so long, I, it's just second nature to me. And I just, I just think that other women know how to wear bronzer or know how to do eyeliner, but mm. some don't. And it's really nice for me to... To, to share that knowledge um and um yeah it's just it's just really nice it's it social media i think you know a lot of people have have issues with it mm. I, I really like it and you know it's nice to make people laugh as well with the reels you know i just got to the point where i just don't give a crap anymore you know the voiceovers are bang on honestly how many takes <laughs> does that take um, it, um <laughs> you can say one <laughs> well, what i do if there's if there's one that is a lot of audio and i've got to say it without any breaks i will yeah. listen to the audio kind of over and over and over before i shoot it and then i'll just give it a go and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but <laughs> i don't really have the time to kind of reshoot reels all the time mm. but my kids always get in the way so I have to I have to do it quickly, and so I will, I would listen to the same audio over and over and over, and then hopefully nail it in the first kind of two two filmings. Like I did one, I don't know if you saw. We just moved out, and I did one yesterday, basically mocking my husband. Yes, I did. I saw that. Which <laughs> uh, so many women were like, "Oh my god, this is spot on," um, and that took. I, uh, yeah, that was that. That was the second second time I shot it yeah so yeah so what are some of the biggest positives for you in the uh the modeling industry for me personally um I I've had my biggest campaigns now um which I never thought would happen um I always dreamed of doing like these big beauty campaigns um in my 20s thinking it would happen then and then when I when I obviously hit 28 you know, when I was, you know, thought oh, that's it. And then obviously when I hit 13, I had my first child and I was told that's it, your career's done. There was a part of me that was like, but I haven't, you know, I haven't done what I wanted to do yet in, in this industry. And now um, I, I feel like I, I can tick that box. Um, last year, or was it two years ago now, I was asked to be one of the, the Max Factor um, faces, which was incredible. 
And then just recently, um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I'll say it anyway, because I think I can. I think I can. Um, I just shot the uh, John Frieda hair commercial, which is coming out oh, wow. in um, spring 21. Um, with, you know, and there, if it, it, it blows my mind because I just think I, I never thought that that would happen. Mm. Um, and, and weirdly, both of those jobs happened because they saw something on my Instagram and then got in touch with my agency. So wow. that is the power yeah. of social media. I could be working, I don't know, if I wasn't on social media, I don't know, honestly, I don't know what, I'd, I'd still be on you know, my agency's modeling books, but I probably would just be a face in a sea of faces. Um, yeah. Whereas with the power of social media, you have your own marketing skills and tools and, um, I've realized it's power now and how, how it does actually work. And uh, I'm really grateful for it. And on the, the other side of that, what are some of the less favorable aspects you've uh, about the industry? Um, I guess it's still, it's still just hurt when you don't get a job that you really want. Um, I was up for a really big job that my agency said you're like 99% confirmed and it was a huge job. And I was in Sainsbury's with my three kids um, and I, an email came through and it was from my agency and I got really excited. Like, this? Ah! And then it was like, ah, yeah, they've gone with somebody else. And oh. I, I literally, oh, and because I was with my kids, I didn't want to let on that I was, really upset so I was just insane spruce was like just buy whatever you want I don't care um and that that's a hard part to still deal with rejection um even though I've been in the industry for so long and I've I've had so much rejection over the years it does get easier but then at the same time it still hurts I'd probably get over it a lot quicker um, but it still does hurt. And I guess before COVID, um, I was working away quite a bit in Manchester. And so I missed a lot of bedtime stories and I would come home and they'd already be in bed. And that was, that was quite tough. But I mean, that's just personal to me. I mean, in actual like industry itself, I, I quite like it, to be honest. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's that there's there's not any more not that i've experienced but i don't get any more kind of like oh she's a bit fat or oh, she's a bit this which did happen before but they'd say it to your face oh god um or they'd say it you know as if you weren't in the room um so that doesn't happen anymore um and the, i don't do castings anymore unless they are request castings um and even now you know because of covid you can do zoom castings which is great so there's less um having to go from place to place to place around london so that's nice um i mean it has definitely got better um mm. and i think it's a much safer place for young girls to be now I mean I'm sure there's still lots of stuff that goes on um that probably isn't so great but in my experience um 
I think it's definitely got better and um, I'm happy to, to still be in it. Mm. So we'd like to talk a little bit about um, salary expectations or what people can expect to earn. So we went away and looked for some average figures, as and I'm sure you can imagine it was quite difficult with modelling because it just varies so wildly. Yeah. Uh, and uh, especially with social media now, because some, well, uh, social media models sometimes get paid in, in clothing maybe, or they get brand deals where they get sent clothing all year. But it seemed to range from about 40 pound an hour right up to you know in the thousands um Mm. does that sort of sound right to you i i've never done it by hour um so it's a day rate and generally if you're shooting um an editorial it's not very much money at all Mm. and actually what a lot of people don't know is the the models that you see in vogue they don't get paid anything even kate moss doesn't get paid anything for vogue but it doesn't matter because it's vogue right you get you get in vogue you've opened doors to a, a career because you are in vogue um so you can get paid nothing for vogue and then you can get paid up to well again like this the industry changes all the time but Mm. when I was um in my um I guess my my peak of before COVID and before lots of e-commerce was around you know you can shoot catalogue and you know you can get up to like seven thousand pounds a day wow um you know or or even you know even more and then if you do an, uh, an advertorial you could get I mean you know you you could get you could get up to like 50 grand a day um yeah i mean it really 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 varies um what's happening now though is with brands and using influencers well a lot of influencers that might not have an agency and might not understand the rates and the thing is now it's all about usage so and i had an email about it today actually and i need to find right that i need to get back to them so if somebody sends an influencer some clothes um, as gifting and then that influencer takes a picture of the clothes and puts it on their Instagram, that picture, and this has happened to me, that picture can be used by the brand on their website, on their email banners, on like anywhere. They can use it anywhere and they've basically got that image for free. Mm, um yeah. and they could use it for years like there are there are no contracts there's nothing that says this is this usage and that's that usage um and that is where an agency really takes care of you because any job that you have any job there's always um like a, a, like a, a, a mini contract or like a confirmation um booking which states the exact usage the exact months, the exact territories, the exact rate. And if it goes over that, then you charge more money. Um, Whereas there are lots of girls out there that, you know, it's it's very nice to get free gifting clothes, but at the same time, be very, very careful where your images go. Yeah. Mm. Um, I had a situation where um, I got sent... um, bra and knickers took a picture of it nice and then that image ended up in australia um in a magazine which i had no idea the only reason i knew about it is because i have a friend in australia it was like oh my god this is you and i was like whoa hang on a minute wow. yeah. and then my agency got involved and you know we, we got paid for it 
Um, so, it, you know, it can be, you know, it can be quite sneaky. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, the usage is, is key, but there's still not like the guidelines for um, how much you get to say post on Instagram it's still, there's, it's, it's a very gray area. No one really knows what to charge yet. I think it is getting better. I have a, like a standard fee now that my agency has um, done for me, um, which makes it clearer. Um, but, you know, you could have an influencer with, say, a million followers, you know, you, you one Instagram post and you could get up to, I don't know, like 10, 15 grand. Yeah. You know, wow. It's crazy. Um, it's crazy. So it, it, it really does vary. It really varies, but I guess in the actual, uh, modeling industry, you can get paid up to, I think for a day's work doing, um, like an editorial shoot is about, uh, 200 quid and then maybe a lookbook or e-commerce is maybe a thousand pounds a day. And then, so catalog depending depending who it is depending what the usage is because that's the thing it's not just it's not just the brand and how much money they have it's it's the usage if you have a if you have a shoot and the usage is five years worldwide obviously you put your prices up but if it's like one month you know on the web then it's completely different yeah so it is all about the usage um uh, but it is a very lucrative career. Um, if you if you work and you work well and, and you get rebooked, it can be a very lucrative career. But at the same time, um, obviously you are self-employed. Um, and if you don't work, you don't get paid. There's no kind of like safety net of if you don't work for six months, don't worry, you know, the agency will, will substitute. They, they don't do that. Um, so you have got to be very clever to obviously put money aside for tax and savings. Uh, my mum's an accountant, so she told me from a very young age to save, save, save and invest, invest. And I was like, all right, God, but she was right. (laughs) Um, and I'm glad that I had that advice. Um, because I did, I did, I did invest as in, uh, you know, I bought my first property when I was 22 and by the time I was 25, seven, I had three properties in London, which, you know, wow. I'm still, you know, it's still helping me out now as a 40 year old. Like it's, it's still helping me now. Like financially, I, it's, it's helped me. And I want to thank my younger self for, for doing that because it's uh, without that, I, you know, I, I would just have a, a wardrobe full of designer bags. Yeah. Um, which probably my kids would chew on. <laughs> so what would be something that's not in the job description that you have to deal with? Not in the job description. Yeah, just something over the years that you've had to deal with and you're like, I just never expected to do that. What do you mean? Um, probably um, going into a casting and being told to, and this is normal, like don't, don't think this is like seed or anything, but kind of going into a casting again before COVID and, you know, you, there'd be a boardroom of people, maybe five to 10 people. And 
you know, they're not looking at you as like, oh, you're Louise. It's like, you're, you're a hanger. I want to know what my clothes would look like on you. And they asked, you know, and if they're doing laundry, it's like, well, can, can, we, see, can we see your body? So you'd basically take your clothes off in front of 10 strangers and go, hiya. Um, and, then, and then walk out. And it, and it, you know, it does feel weird when you go home going, I just, I just got my kit off in front of 10 strangers today <laughs> without any alcohol. <laughs> um, um, yeah, you, you, yeah. As I said, you can't be shy. You can't be shy in this industry. Um, you can have morals, of course. I mean, obviously, there'll be some girls that are like, "I'm not doing that," and fine, you just won't get the job. It depends how much you want the job. But mm. um, um, what else is there? I don't really know, really. I mean, the job. The, you know, the, if there was a job description, it would be. Well, you need to be a bit of everything, to be honest. My God, a bit of everything. You just need to be really, um, you had to wits about you. You need to understand travel and how to travel alone. You, you know, you just need to, and there's so many things that you learn along the way. Like one of the first times that I went abroad to travel alone and I didn't, I couldn't really understand where my gate was at the airport, missed my flight, um, you know, things like that, which now I, I'm really, I would never do that now. And even like not having, um, like, you know, back in the day where you had mobile phones, but they didn't work in Europe and you had to, you, you know, your phone didn't work in Europe. I mean, can you imagine now? Yeah. And, and then your car, your, your, your driver doesn't arrive to pick you up from the airport. So you're basically stranded at the airport with no phone, no driver. You can't speak the language. I said, oh my God, my credit card doesn't even work here. So literally like, wow, okay, I'm basically homeless in another country. And, <laughs> and that's really frightening. Yeah. Um, but it all does work out in the end. Um, um, so how would, how would you give um, advice to someone that's looking for an agency to help them push their career? What is something to look for in a really good agency? A lot of agencies get obviously like wannabes all the time. Um, and I think one of the best bit of advice is if you are serious about having an agency, don't email. Um, you need to walk into the agency. All agencies have walk-in days. It might be different now because of COVID. Um, but if you phone an agency and ask, when do you do walk-ins, they will say Monday from 11 until 12 and Wednesday from three until four or something. There's always time slots. Go in to an agency. You don't need to have professional pictures um, at all. Don't spend the money on it because the agent, the bookers can see if you've got potential or not. Um, go as natural as possible. They do not want to see a face full of makeup at all they'll tell you to take it off they'll literally give you a baby wipe and say go to the loo take it off and come back which is embarrassing um so go as natural as you can um confidence is huge if you have a good personality it goes so far i mean you could be the most beautiful person in the world but if you've got a crap personality then you know forget it basically mm. yes yes you're beautiful but if you're going to get on set and be a sack of potatoes and forget it <laughs> um and um also it's very common and it happened to me to get rejected from agencies and just because you're not right for one agency doesn't mean you're not right for the next so if you do get rejected keep going um 
I, and lots of top models got rejected from agencies and are now are, you know, some of the best in the world. Um, and understand that rejection is normal and it happens to lots of people and you cannot take it personally. And also it doesn't matter now if you, even if you have bad skin, I mean, there's a model that I follow on Instagram who um, has acne in a beauty editorial in a magazine and she's incredible and she's so inspiring. So I think a lot of people are like, my skin's not like that or um, you don't have to be a, you don't have to be a stick insect anymore. You know, you can, you can be, you can be yourself basically um, and it does help to have a social following. It does. I'm not going to lie. It does. Um, so if you want to seriously be taken, you know, if you want to be taken on by an agency, really work on your social media as well, if you haven't got that. Um, but it does, it takes time. Don't buy followers at all. It's obvious. Um, so don't do that. Um, and just go for it, really. Just go for it. And uh, would you still go into the industry knowing everything you know now? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good I would. I would. I mean, I obviously I, I did have a bit of a dark period um, when I was, uh, yeah, 1997, 98. I did suffer with an eating disorder because I was told to lose weight um, continuously and I didn't tell anybody I was too embarrassed I thought I was disgusting I didn't tell anybody didn't tell my family um, and I just had this silent battle with um, bulimia oh and obviously with that I lost all my confidence I lost I did lose the weight but with that I lost everything else my hair was lifeless and my skin was bad and my teeth were yellow and I was constantly tired and I had nothing to offer. Um, and so that was a dark time, but because the industry is so much more diverse now, um, I'm hoping, and I, I, that doesn't happen as much anymore. Um, and so because of that, it's a much nicer industry to be in. And if my daughter ever wants to get into modelling, I mean, she's done some kid modelling, but if she, you know, as a teenager wants to get into modelling and she was, you know, I'd, I'd be behind her. I'd say, if you want to do it, then go for it. And mm. I'd make sure that she did it the healthy way in, you know, not, not just physically, but also mentally, you know, if anyone gave her crap on set or if anyone bullied her I'd want her to tell me um but when I was doing it I was terrified and I didn't want to I didn't my agency to drop me I was so afraid that they might drop me if I if I spoke up so I just didn't I just basically tortured myself to fit in and it and in the end it didn't work and the irony is me being myself um being the size that I naturally am um, actually is what made my career a career. Mm. Bonkers. <laughs> um, listen, thank you so much for coming on Louise. I really found it fascinating learning about wow. the industry. Oh, you're welcome. thanks so much for having me. It's, um, it's been lovely. It's my first podcast in my new house, which is uh, 
Lovely. Yeah, spe- <laughs> speaking of a podcast, you've actually got your own one, right? I do, I do. And I need to, I need to um, get back on that, actually. I've had a bit of time off with them. Um, I couldn't do any podcasts during the first lockdown when the kids were off school because mm. where we used to live, and this is why a reason why we've moved, um, we had an open plan kitchen living room area, which I was basically in that room for three months, whereas my husband was locked in our bedroom working. Um, so I couldn't do a podcast because I had the kids the whole time screaming. Um, and then when they went to bed, I just wanted to guzzle wine. So I <laughs> didn't do any. So, but now that I've got in my new place, I'm currently in the office. Can you hear the kids? No. Fabulous. No. no. There you go. So I'm definitely going to do more podcasts now. Well, brilliant. Thank you again so much for coming on. And uh, where can people find you on social media? Um, so it's Mama Still Got It with an underscore and it's M-A-M-A and then Still Got It underscore. Um, and yeah, so I'm, I'm there and that's the same handle for TikTok. Um, and then, yeah. And then from there you'll see my website and uh my agency where my portfolio is um and my entire life basically (laughs) brilliant well thank you so much for coming on you're welcome thanks so much for having me i've loved it our pleasure brilliant thank Thank you. you bye bye